Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility by a natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naturna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back. We are in our nutrition fertility series, and today we are touching on a topic that I love so much, and that is our microbiome. But more specifically, we're talking about how probiotics and the balance of your gut can play a major role in reproductive outcomes. And here is why. As it turns out, hormone levels are influenced by the microbiome. So the microbiome is the ecosystem of our digestive system, our gut, the balance of good and bad bacteria and fungi and yeast and all of that stuff. So it can affect hormone levels. For example, It has been shown that reducing the amount of bacteria in the gut can decrease testosterone levels in men and increase testosterone levels in females. Not a good thing for either. So decreasing testosterone levels in males can affect their erections. It can affect their sperm quality. Increasing testosterone in females, often this is seen more in women with PCOS, but can be seen in others with adrenal issues. This can affect egg quality. It can affect implantation can also affect your aesthetic because you can be growing hair in funny places and losing hair on your head. The type of bacteria present in the gut also impact the levels of estrogen in the blood. And gut dysbiosis, so gut imbalances in the bacterial balance, has been shown to increase levels of circulating estrogen in blood. And I've spoken on other podcasts about this, but basically having extra estrogen circulating around in the blood is bad. It worsens existing reproductive conditions that are estrogen sensitive, like endometriosis. It could predispose you more so to breast cancer. It worsens PCOS. It worsens fibroids. It creates polyps. It creates cysts. So extra circulating estrogen is not good. We want to be metabolizing estrogen as much as possible. And the way that we get the excess estrogens out of our body is usually dependent on our liver health and our gut health. But not only does the health of the microbiome affect hormone levels, but fluctuating levels of estrogen in the blood as a result of, say, perimenopause or menopause, for example, can also reduce the growth of lactobacillus as a type of probiotic, which helps to protect the vaginal canal from infections. So I mentioned perimenopause and menopause. Obviously, when we're talking about fertility, the like circulating levels of estrogen are from an IVF cycle, from having gross like fibroids or endometriosis. Yeah, so from excess medications in our blood or from conditions that we already have that are estrogenic or from foods or toxins in our environment, you know, like xenoestrogens that we're getting from plastic or eating too much soy or we're getting or eating conventional meats and chicken and things and we're getting the hormones from those processes. Anyway, so this extra estrogen that's not leaving is actually reducing good bacteria and then This reduces the acidity of vaginal secretions and produces an environment that is more prone to infection, like bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections and things like that. And this is, you know, a lot of what we're going to talk about in this podcast, because when we're looking at an imbalance of bacteria, you know, less of the good probiotics and more of the bad ones, we are running into issues getting pregnant and maintaining a pregnancy. 
Changes to either the gut microbiome or the reproductive microbiome alters the production of inflammatory markers and can increase the levels of inflammation. You will hear me go on and on about inflammation and how it is the root of all evil. <laughs> you know, inflammation is a natural immune response, but in excess or when it becomes chronic, it will start to attack our eggs. It will attack our brain. It will attack our organs. It will attack our energy. It does all of the things. It'll make us fat, crazy, infertile. And so, you know, inflammation is something we really want to be getting ahead of. And another thing is that inflammation usually leads to an increased predisposition to infection, again, creates that environment. The presence of lactobacillus dominant microbiome has been shown to more than double the chances of a positive pregnancy with IVF compared to patients with non-lactobacillus dominant reproductive microbiome. Translation, people who had the right probiotics in their system were more likely to get pregnant with IVF. It has been observed to also increase the chances of carrying to term with a live birth up to 10 times somebody with a non-lactobacillus dominant group. So the people, again, who didn't have this strain of probiotic in their system. Lactobacillus group is a group of probiotics. So, so the time when you buy a probiotic in the store, you're going to see probiotics with like multiple strains in them. They'll be like, you know, Saccharomyces boulardii or Lactobacillus ruteri. Or, and so you'll see a bunch of them in there. It's an unregulated industry, and a lot of the time, like they've just like thrown a bunch of strains together that they thought would work together. <laughs> so I am very careful about probiotic use because once you start messing with your microbiome, you can either you know improve things a lot or you can make it much worse. So a lot of GI doctors are like, oh, I don't know about probiotics. Doctors too, like I can understand why they'd be apprehensive because they're not all good and they can actually make things worse if not taken appropriately. Like if you're not taking the right strains and right combinations of strains, but I've seen it like really change the game for fertility and for a bunch of other things too. So I recommend just like a grouping of brands and specific products within those brands, depending on, you know, what the person has going on. And if you need access to that, then we can always from the Naturna Institute send you a link so that you're getting the right one. It's really important to not just take any old one. So I don't want you to like get off this podcast and then be like, okay, I'm going to go buy, you know, like a mega food probiotic from Whole Foods. No, that is not what I'm saying to do. I'm saying that, you know, with the right probiotic treatment, you are going to get the right results, the results that you want. We will get right back to today's episode in just a sec, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity to tell you about an exciting new project that I have underway. So here it is. I get a lot of questions about what to eat and avoid when trying to get pregnant. Since so many of you are interested in optimizing your fertility via nutrition, I've created a very special course that teaches you the ins and outs of just that. It hasn't launched yet, but keep your eyes and ears peeled for my course on fertility nutrition. Whether you are already undergoing IVF or just trying the old-fashioned way, my goal is to help give you all the nutritional tools you need to enhance your fertility and speed your path to baby. All right, let's jump back in. So for natural cycles, the presence of various, we talked about IVF and improving IVF and, you know, live pregnancy. For the natural cycles, the presence of various strains of lactobacillus grouping in the vaginal canal have been shown to protect sperm motility and viability, potentially improving the quality of sperm cells and their health prior to reaching and fertilizing the egg. 
So, you know, you ovulate, you release the egg, the sperm's like on its way up there, it's traveling. If you are populated with the right bacteria, it is more likely to get there and get you strong when it gets there. Instead of encountering like a hostile and unimbalanced vaginal environment that kind of like degrades the sperm on its way, makes it less able to penetrate, makes it less good quality. So that's really interesting. Lactobacillus has also been shown to help with PCOS. PCOS, I have it, and a lot of my patients have it. With PCOS, we often have an imbalanced microbiome. It's a byproduct of having a pancreas that's a little on the fritz, like insulin and blood sugar levels that are off because we will often have more inflammation and we will often have food that ferments a little bit. And that can create different imbalances in the gut. So when I'm hearing PCOS, I'm always focused on insulin and blood sugar. I'm focused on bacterial balance. I'm focused on inflammation and liver function. But that will be a topic for another day because I love me some strategies for PCOS. So let's talk about infection for a minute because I mentioned earlier on in this podcast that that's a lot of you know what we are focusing on when we're thinking about probiotics to improve fertility outcomes. So infections like BV, that's bacterial vaginosis, very common vaginal infection, STDs, yeast infection, urinary tract infections, fluctuating imbalances of your vaginal microbiome. So you're like vaginal bacterial ecosystem. Clinical trials have shown that probiotics can play a positive role in restoring vaginal microecology and treating BV, bacterial vaginosis. They also could help you avoid frequent use of antibiotics or use of antibiotics at all. I used to get frequent urinary tract infections until I started taking probiotics and then I just stopped getting them all together. I've also found them to be very helpful personally and with my patients in this same case, chronic UTIs or frequent you know, display of discharge or yeast infections or things like that, on top of it helping with a whole bunch of other things. But you know, when we're looking at controlling infection or the ecology, the microecology of like the reproductive system, the vagina, the cervix, everything, we're looking at improving implantation because I've seen so much implantation failure that's probably due to low-grade infections. And we have more information about that now because like the doctors in the field have been starting to do testing for endometritis, inflammation of the uterine lining when there's been implantation failure. And what they're finding is there's a lot of the time inflammation of the uterine lining due to various strains of bacteria and yeast. And they blast it with antibiotics. And oftentimes these strains of bacteria yeast are very resistant and don't always even respond to three weeks of antibiotics. And then when you've been blasted with three weeks of antibiotics and maybe antifungals and the infection hasn't even cleared, and then you fail another transfer, another embryo is gone, or you're just not getting pregnant, you're trying naturally and you don't know why, but you take these antibiotics and then you're blasted out all of the good bacteria. And so you know, everything's calm for a minute. And then a week or two after the antibiotics, you get an overgrowth of bad bacteria because you don't have the good bacteria to control it. So the use of antibiotics without kind of recovering the microbiome and the like vaginal microbiome with probiotics makes me cringe. Like I'm just like, oh my God, the rebound infections and the issues that come thereafter. Cause I see people repeatedly treated with these things. And then I put them on a nutritional program, you know, having them avoid foods that create the overgrowth of bacteria and yeast and give them a good probiotic and a few other things. And then they have implantation after five failed transfers. So the right ecology in terms of probiotics and bacteria, fungi, whatever, in your reproductive system is crucial to outcomes in a lot of cases. Most commonly used probiotics for modulating fertility dysbiosis. So the imbalance of the like reproductive ecology 
are lactobacillus ruteri, lactobacillus fermentum, lactobacillus gasseri, lactobacillus rhamnosus, acidophilus, crispatus, casei, and salivarius. You don't necessarily need all of them. There are, again, like good multi-strain ones that are really helpful. And then some people I put on a probiotic that maybe just has like two strains in it, like just really specific, like rhamnus kind of thing. Or maybe Saccharomyces boulardii if they've been blasted with a lot of antibiotics. So, you know, there's a strategy and you want to make sure to be taking the right one. Something I've also noticed is that your mental and emotional health can improve with like certain probiotics and certain probiotics can actually make you more depressed, which is scary. So you know, we have to be really careful with these things. Like things that are natural doesn't mean that they like can't affect you adversely because they can. So the compilation of studies that I reviewed here to prepare this podcast presents the like compiled and analyzed results from the most up-to-date information from clinical trials regarding the microbiome and fertility probiotics. And this is taking them orally. This was not using them vaginally. And so these studies analyze the clinical impact of probiotics administered on, you know, several hormonal endocrine fertility disorders, including the vaginal dysbiosis, pregnancy complication disorders, because those infections can make you miscarry. The ones that I mentioned, like BV, for example, polycystic ovarian syndrome and IVF success. So the moral of the story here is that you want to have a balanced microbiome as much as possible. You want to have the right strains of probiotics, especially if you are having fertility challenges. But even if not, it's good to sort of take heed of that and maybe take them just prophylactically and making sure that you're sticking to really good brands. Like I really like Genestra brand. I really like Claire Labs. These are really good ones, but there are other ones depending on what you have going on. Like there's another brand that I use if you're more uh, tend to be towards constipation. And there's another one that I use if you tend towards UTI. So, you know, if you need any resources on that, feel free to email us at info at naturnalife.com, N-A-T-U-R-N-A-L-I-F-E. You can follow me on Instagram at Dr. Christina Burns or at Naturna underscore life and always DM for these kind of questions. We can easily from the clinic send you a link from our online dispensaries that will help you get access to probiotics that are stored at the right temperature and sent in the right way. Do not order probiotics off Amazon because they are heat sensitive. You have no idea how these sellers have stored the probiotics, you know, if they ship them with an ice pack or not, you know, and there are some shelf stable ones, but it doesn't mean that they haven't sat in a hot truck and been denatured and then are less effective. So I am not a fan of using Amazon for supplement orders. I am much more of a fan of using a reputable source. Maybe you have a vitamin store in your neighborhood that you know that they care for everything very well. And if you don't, then we have resources for you. You can contact us anytime through Instagram or to our email or website. The website is naternalife.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please follow and subscribe, share with friends. I want to be getting this information out to as many people as possible and helping you make those babies in a healthy and happy way. Okay. Until next time. I am really happy you tuned in and joined the community, and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content in each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at Dr. Christina Burns or at Naturna underscore life to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. 
Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.